Hello and welcome to episode 1185 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, June 12th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Nice light slate here to kind of get the week going. No day games, which I generally prefer, but sometimes I don't prefer as much on Mondays because I'm just like, I don't want to be pushed for a roster decision. So I'm kind of I'm kind of glad to take the day and again, set the week up and everything uh, with all my work. So how about you? How you doing? I know you're fresh off a camping trip. Yeah, I'm pretty sore. Like I'm I'm like <laughs> like chasing around a bunch of kids and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, sleeping on an air mattress. Um, yeah. Which is just not beneficial when you're my size. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was, I'm pretty sore. It was a fun weekend, but glad to be kind of back and sleeping in my own bed and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being able to take a shower. It was just pretty nice. So also uh, reveling in the fact that we're seeing our buddy on top of the main event leaderboard uh, yes, email came are. out this morning, Mike Curlin, um, uh, you know, Let's leading go. the main event. Uh, it's super early and he knows it, but. Oh yeah. Oh, but gotta enjoy but, it. Yeah, you really do. Like, Nobody's saying that he's, you know, I tweeted him. I'm not trying to, A, jinx him for one, but B, also say he's won anything. That's just cool, though. They send out a weekly email. I'm sorry. Like, we play this game to have fun and enjoy and, you know, pound our chests a little bit sometimes. Obviously, winning it is what matters, right? You can collect all the weak leader emails you want, but if you don't win it, it's not for anything. Still cool to see your name up there in the lights, right? Just, oh. just even if it's just for a week. So I say enjoy it. He knows to keep himself in check and not, you know, get a big head about it. He's going to keep putting in the work all year. Everyone would, right? Like nobody's going to go, I've got this made. Because if you're playing in the main event, you've played in enough leagues to know how nothing is secure until the final out of the end of the season, guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but you got to enjoy it. Like, for instance, like on I saw him jump back up into the first spot because he's he's been there uh, last week. At one point, he was up there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw it on Saturday while I was camping because I just had just enough Wi-Fi to like, like check my check your, and stuff. your stats. Yeah. Um, and, but I also saw that I jumped into the top 10 of the auction overall. Let's um, go and 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 took a, a a decent sized lead over our good buddy uh, Matt uh, Matt Davis um, in our league, uh, and I was like, I'm screenshotting this shit because I was seventh I overall, you. and I was like, I, oh man, I, you know, maybe I'll get up to that point where I'm in the top spot uh, here in the near future. And then, of course, by the time I got back yesterday, it already dropped down to 17th. Of course, uh, of course. So, it, can, it can be that fickle, but that's why it's fun to kind of revel in it and like it. It's harmless, right? There's nothing. Oh, I told I would frame that. Like I would yeah, frame that, not? put it up in my office. Like you know, like it's obviously cool. we all want to win the overall. Like at the end of you know, at the end of you know, season and stuff like that. But like, but most you stood of atop the mountains for a week. Exactly. Yeah. The vast majority of us won't. That's just the simple fact of it. So you stand on the mountain top for for a week. You enjoy it, even if it goes away tonight. And I'd be remiss. This is the perfect way to just get him, get the mention locked and loaded of my friend Greg, our very own Bob Sacramento. He's in third overall, so I, I think it's uh, I think it's the perfect way to to mention him in passing. He's killing it right now too. So Curland got some uh, competition there. You know what impresses me so much too, though, 
is these guys, and we see it every year with multiples in the top 25, yeah. top 30. And I'm even more impressed when both of their teams are like neck and neck, and they're not just the same team done twice. Like John Posma's teams are 11 points apart. That's insane. Mm-hmm. One of which is in my league, so that's sick. Uh, by the way, he has 16, 17, 21 in the top 25 there. And then number 46 and 63. Those are John Posma's five um entries into the main event are you seeing why he's a hall of famer yeah i mean is it clear okay yeah uh he he's not quite there in my in the main event that i think he's in with me so um yeah that's okay Sorry. Oh yeah. Maybe tougher competition. No, I'm just maybe. Actually, I don't. I don't even know if he's actually if I'm actually in that if he's actually in that league. That actually might be a different league. Uh, he's not. He's not. So, okay. so yeah, he, he's he's rolling. He's having a good yeah, year. He could set up. I'm agree for a crazy Mike May, season. Michael Mager's got two top ten back teams, to backs, right? Yep. Right now, like it's uh, you know, shout out to Dalton Del Don who has got a top twenty team mm-hmm. in the main event. Oh, for me, I really want to see someone in the industry win it. Scott Jensen came super close to doing it last year. Uh, I think for me, that's just a little bit of, you know, industry validation that, you know, there are some amazing players in the industry. I know Ian Khan's not doing uh, industry stuff anymore. They're doing well again, though. Yeah, he, he's he uh, top 20 or top 25 in, uh, in the main event right now. So just, you know, get to see some industry folk up there. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, let's talk some news. A Co- couple small bits of news, definitely for deep leaguers at most right now. And then we'll get into the pickups. Didn't really separate them deep and shell. A lot of crossover this week. Uh, there seemed to be kind of a set num- uh, pool of guys, and they were pretty viable in both formats. We'll have a few guys that were only de- deep league eligible and or viable, and, and some that were more shallow available. And then we'll get into closer corner because we have two big ILs and three guys popping up. So we'll get into that. Let's start with Luke Voigt. Uh, scooped by the Mets to a minor league deal obviously with alonzo out and it's looking like it's going to be four to six so you know could easily be upwards of two months they had to get somebody luke voigt uh it, you know i like mark vientos I'm, I'm excited what this could do for his playing time but you see voigt go into a minor league deal there are you interested at all in like an nl only situation or anything at all or do you pivot toward say vientos escobar the guys that are already on the team what are you doing with the mets and alonzo right now uh, it's just kind of frustrating. I'd rather them not pick up Voigt and let Vientos play full time. Uh, I don't know. Like, I just think it becomes a muddled situation where they'll play matchups. Well, it's and... only minor league. It's minor league deal right now. He's got to show oh, okay. something. Voigt does. Uh, the, these first two that we're going to talk about, they're they're two named players, but it's minor league deals here. So don't worry about them coming in and just immediately robbing Vientos' playing time. In his 2074 plate appearances, excuse me, with Milwaukee, Voigt had a 54 WRC. Yeah, plus he was awful. With way too many strikeouts, not nearly enough walks. So he's going to have to show a little something before they're going to go to him. But you got to get some depth, right? And with Alonzo going down, finding some power there, why not? Um, it looks like it says he's expected to be sidelined three to four weeks. I was wrong on the four to six, but it could be upwards of six, right? We're mm-hmm. always saying that we push it up a little bit just so we don't, you know, trick ourselves into getting too excited about. And those. we always worry about guys coming off of like hand, wrist, forearm exactly. injuries with their power, especially power guys. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I mean, I I have Vientos in a few spots. I'm hoping to roll with him. Uh, you know, kind of waiting to see when lineups come out. Like, hey, where is he hitting? If he's you know, the problem is they just don't 
give him consistent playing time. And I, I think this is his opportunity, though, right? Yeah. If he shows something here, he could grab hold of it because Vogelbach doesn't play very often. Escobar doesn't play very often. Those are the other two guys that you could see doing it um, on, on the roster right now. So I think this is a huge opportunity for Vientos. He has killer power. I'm in. I'm, I'm taking a look at him in, in 15s for sure. I might even stash him in some 12s if I was power-starved, just in case he mm-hmm. gets going. I don't think he's an immediate start there, Mark Vientos, but I do really like his upside for power if things start to click for him. Absolutely. I mean, he's got prodigious power, so I'm hoping. It's it's there. It's I need there. power. Almost every single one of my leagues, the one thing I'm lacking is power. And it, it can... It can happen quickly too. You get a guy who can hit ten in like a short span, you know, a month type span. That that can be such mm-hmm. a huge boost. And Vientos can do that. He obviously needs to get going to show it. Uh, Daniel Murphy, remember him? It's been a while. Uh, signed to a minor league deal with the Angels. I feel like, you know, we haven't seen him in fantasy relevance for a bit. Again, minor league deal. I don't think you have to worry about him coming up taking anybody's job right now. Dreadful twenty twenty in the uh in the COVID time, hundred and thirty two plate appearances of a forty four WRC plus. He was double that in twenty nineteen. Though that was his Colorado tenure and then hasn't played the last two years. Any interest in uh keeping tabs on Daniel Murphy? No, not really. I mean, if he like gets really hot in triple A or something, it's also the PCL, like where it's like even if he gets hot, like it could just be fraudulent. And I mean, where would he play? Like he's not good defensively. I guess first he could play some first base. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just I decked out. Like you know, Didi Gregorius was also signed. Like that one's a little bit more interesting because he was murdering like the Mexican leagues. Um, and we know that Didi can play really good defense uh, defensively. And there's an opening in Seattle if they want to move off of J.P. Crawford at some point. So, like, I can, I would much prefer, like, in, like, the most extremely deep leagues, uh, you know, ever. Like, I guess I would prefer Gregorius, but I don't think you're picking up any of these guys. This is just kind of a wait and see, like, hey, do they hit well enough in, in AAA to warrant maybe taking a gamble in a couple weeks? Yeah. Voight, Gregorius, Murphy, one of them could pop. It wouldn't surprise me. Three, All three could be an afterthought in a week. So Absolutely. No, it's a slow news day, let's just say. Uh, last yeah. one, Darren Blanco promoted to Kansas City, and I only included him. Again, A, slow news day. B, 47 steals already for the 30-year-old in AAA. But you did hear me right, 30 years old. That said, he's like a KC-type player. They love this, this uh, speedster, slap hitter type. I mean – Anything here? If you need some speed, would you would you turn to Darren Blanco at all? He made a little debut last year, uh, but yeah, forty seven for fifty three in the minors already in two hundred eight plate appearances, almost a steal per game. He's played forty nine games and he's hitting three forty seven. Darren Blanco interested? I've never heard of this guy. Like I'm, I'm not going to be honest. Like no, you are going to be honest. Gonna be honest. Like never heard of him. Like just I had forty six stolen bases in twenty twenty two. You know. Uh, yeah. I guess, but don't they I mean, have like a million of these kind of players? Like, like yeah, I mean, he's I, hot hand right now though, right? He's crushing in Triple A. Um, I mean, crushing. He's he's hitting well. He, he doesn't have much power. He has three homers, a one hundred four ISO for Darren Blanco. It's a four sixteen BABIP that is that he's riding right now. But if he can put up, you know, a mid three hundreds BABIP with that speed and get on base, there there's some there's some fantasy goodness. I mean, could he be this year's John Birdie? 
while I overhype I mean, the living hell out of him. Yeah, I mean, I guess like he is an outfielder. I'm just saying that that so super like, short sample speed burst. That's all I'm saying with that. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be that kind of game changer. You can never really predict that guy, but he Darren Blanco has the skills to do it. How maybe he maybe he's more less like a, a a birdie and more like an old school Rajay Davis, where he's a guy like that. Like he can, he could probably steal 15, 20 bases off the bench type of guy. Like, For sure. Yeah. He might not even be playing, but get those steals. But then it's hard. Can you give up the runs ribbies? It really makes him like an AL only yeah. play at that point. Uh, because even in 15s, it's really hard to give up the ancillary runs and ribbies mm-hmm. just for the steals, guys. So Darren Blanco will keep an eye. He is in the lineup today. If he starts getting consistent playing time and running the way he is in AAA, I do think he'll put himself on the fantasy map. But right now, I'm not preemptively getting Darren Blanco, except maybe AL only where I'm speed desperate. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into the pickups. Let's start at the top. The man, the myth, the legend did nothing <laughs> to bring down his prices at all. If you were hoping for like, oh, man, I hope he kind of goes over and just flails at a bunch of shit so I can kind of sneak in on Ellie De La Cruz cheap. Eh, he said, that's a stupid idea. I'm not going to do that. 11-18 OPS with a monstrous homer, a huge triple where he flashed his wheels and three for three on the bases. Zero bargains to be had on Ellie De La Cruz where available. He was not available in all mains because there were some where he was drafted and subsequently picked back up before he even debuted here. His high was 650. There were several over 500 and only one below 309. 258 was the lucky guy. Somebody named Mo. And interestingly enough, just because we just mentioned him, he cut John Birdie. Um, so what'd you think of the Ellie bids? I don't think you were in on it. Anything surprised you there with where they went in the main event? I mean, I made bids, but I didn't come anywhere close. I think the my biggest yeah. bid I bid was like two fifty something, and it wasn't even the backup bid in that league, um, and that was that was in my auction championship uh, uh, league. Um, I my main event had the two highest bid or two of the four highest bids. Um, oh wow! In the main, so um, so, so which ones here? It was, I think, the second uh, highest bid. Oh, and then overpaid was, wimps, 592. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 587, that's pretty efficient. The 650. <laughs> the 650 was not efficient at 352. That's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, so uh, it was just crazy. I, I don't know that I've ever seen – like, I've seen $500 bids, um, and we saw in TGFBI someone bid 994. Oh my um, God! <laughs> clearly, hadn't spent any money, and they decided to spend all their money. Um, I don't know who it was, but uh, congratulations to them, I guess. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I like. I have a. I, I mean, I love the skills, right? Like this yeah. is you know you you made the O'Neill Cruz comp. I don't think that's a lazy comp based on his last name or anything like that. No, no, no. I think I, it's. Uh, I think it's. I a think it's just comp. easy. Switch hitting, yeah. like it might feel lazy because it's easy, but why complicate it, right? Yeah. It's it's the O'Neill Cruz profile that can switch hit in terms of just the explosive skills, but tons of swing and miss. So I think the, I think one of the differences though uh, is that uh, Ellie De La Cruz I think has to hit to stay up because they've got Incarcio Strand in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team that. You know, when O'Neill Cruz came up, the Pirates had nothing. Like, they had no reason to send him back. Oh, yeah. Least they still did. Um, yeah. But, like, they have, they had no real reason to send O'Neill Cruz down. The Reds have a lot of talent on this roster now, and still more talent in the minor leagues. And, 
we know that Ellie De La Cruz is going to strike out. He's already striking out at a 37% rate in spite of this amazing start. Uh, if he goes through a prolonged slump, they may send him back down. Um, and I, you know, now I'm not rooting for that or and no. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but I do think there is a lot more risk than these massive bids um, kind of indicate. So I, I was not willing to go anywhere close. I couldn't afford to go anywhere close. Like, in, yeah, me, you know, me neither. I mean, went, I, I need a dynamic hitter, but no. Yeah, he I, went I for he went for four to five hundred plus in each one of my leagues. I I, yep. I didn't come close. So, uh, but I'm excited. He seems like he is so much fun to watch. I hope and, he's really really good, in spite of not getting him anywhere, uh, because I just think he's good for Cincinnati and good for baseball. Exactly. And don't sleep on the park. Um, yeah. You know, that that's huge, too. By the way, Ellie De La Cruz was drafted in my league. And OK, so this is an interesting trajectory here. Was drafted and then cut on four sixteen, and then picked back. Oh, no, no. Picked up on four nine. So drafted and cut by who? Oh, oh, cut immediately four two. Picked back up the next week by a guy for 17 bucks. He held on for exactly a week to get Oswaldo Peraza. Then the same guy picked him back up and and did it in late May uh, for $57 and held him to that point. So good on that person. Not the original drafter, by the way, but that's how Ellie De La Cruz was not available. Wait, for where is time. that guy in the standings? That's exactly what I was looking up next. So you read my mind. Grab some pine is actually the person I'm chasing right now uh, in 11th. They are at 35 offensive points, 28 pitching. So they probably, you know, should be looking to splurge on a pitcher to go with this offense because they got a boon there with with mm -hmm. Ellie. However, they're poor, 189. So Well, I not. mean, I, you know, he joins all the other Ellie Cruz owners who had to spend on him because they're all poor. Oh, for sure. The, the guy who got him in my league now has $35 left for the season. Like, and, and that's the hard part is making these it's kind really of moves. Tough. It just hamstrings you rest of the way. Like, it's just, I don't know how, like, the, the guy in my league who got him plans on addressing any other needs that come up rest of the way. So, I, I don't well, know. I, I just think. Gotta play. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just think it's such a bad way to manage your fab. I just don't know. I don't know that you it's really hard. It's yeah. really hard. And, and it's, it's, it's not generally speaking, when you go back and look at the numbers, it's not proven to really be efficient, right? Yeah. Now the person that got him in my league for 57, that's something that if they win the league, that's going to be a pivotal part of the story probably, yeah. right? Like they can say, I bought him back um, and held him for a month before he got called up. And he helped elevate me. And I've got, and by the way, that person actually won Andrew Abbott. We'll talk about him in a moment with a r remarkably efficient bid. So they're trying to get their pitching. But let me catch you first. Don't stop passing me. Grab some pine. I don't want, don't run away from me like that. Now, now the guy who got him in my league, I will say, he's he's got 56 pitching points and 26 hitting points. Like that may end up, like if he does go on an absolute tear, like that may end up winning him the league. Absolutely. Um, so, like, I, I do kind of get why. I just still think it's it's just a really – because, I mean, if How he gets sent down say? next month – Yeah, like crazy. You've just blown that entire – They have $84 left? 
$35 left. $35. Okay. Yeah. Oh, if, 80, yeah, if see, they had $84 left, that'd be like, I, oh, I'd no, feel good on you. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. 35 yeah. is, oof. That's, oh, that's, that, that's really, t- I think there's 26 weeks, which means I think we have 14 left. It's mm-hmm. literally like two to three dollars a week or one yeah. to three dollars a week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's 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 tough. That's just so tough. Um, again, I don't know if there's been a comprehensive study, but I think with all the fab results building up, I wonder if somebody like Zach with the data he collects or Jeff Zimmerman has run an analysis to see like where your best bet is on bang for buck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how or, or just what is the hit rate on these guys that go say 200 plus? Because I think that's yeah. where you get really crazy. I think 150. You know, under 200, you can make two of those and you're not hamstringing yourself really at all, uh, I think. You know, but putting one guy at 400 plus, that is really, really tough. You know, guy I got, uh, felt like he was the next next best uh, widely available hitter was Kerry Carpenter. And I got him for a very remarkable, uh, remarkably efficient 16 to 15 bid. Nice. He's returned for the Tigers. Big time power guy. Um, injuries have cleared the path for him to, to play. He's coming off the bench or coming off the IL, smacking the ball. He's batting th- third or fifth. Uh, obviously, it's not a great lineup, but I really like what Kerry Carpenter can do. I liked him as somebody to draft this year. The only reason he was gone was because he got hurt. Where are you at on Kerry Carpenter? Did you see? Uh, did you see him as a nice power hitter for the summer? And were you in on him anywhere? I wasn't. I I honestly just kind of missed it. Uh, I. Come back from camping. I like I I did about as minimal fabbing as as you can probably do. Um and uh and that's probably a mistake because like I said, I need power and I could have gotten <laughs> He would have been a nice and he wasn't terribly expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I really liked about Carpenter. So uh I do like Carpenter. Uh, you know, he may platoon uh, a little bit in Detroit, but uh there is power there. He hits in the middle of the order. It's a hard thing to get right now. Um, and yeah. I've got a weird thing with a lot of my teams where I'm doing really well in RBIs and runs and not well in power. Like it's just so frustrating. Oh, wow. So a guy like Gary Carpenter is perfect for my builds right now. Yeah. Where like I could really use uh, just a the guy homers. Like, just the homers. Like even you know, if they're just, solos all day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need I need the Jack Sawinskis, the Gary Carpenters, yep. those guys that like. Hey, even if it hurts me a little bit on average, it's it's gonna help. It's worth so, it right now. Um, and I know there are other people who are kind of in a similar boat to me. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a guy you should be grabbing up off your wires because he's gonna play more often than he doesn't, and that's gonna come with you know potentially you know 15, 20 home runs the rest of the way. So I'll take that. Yeah, I desperately needed offense, and you know I don't think he's gonna turn around my offense single handedly, but I can use that sort of vibe that you're talking about there. Mm-hmm with the uh with the homers you know even if they are solos that's fine give me the power i need homers to get myself into the group where i can start to make moves in homers you know so maybe carrie carpenter could be that guy i think he has some maybe potential 12 eligibility too at least this week because you're looking short term with somebody like him anyway carrie carpenter in detroit and they have all righties this week and as a lefty who might platoon getting a seven day week even though it's against atlanta and at minnesota this dude has real power he can take anybody yard like i you know i wouldn't even be blown blown away if he had like two homers against minnesota even though they're going gray ryan varland lopez like that's a hell of a group but carpenter's power definitely plays Mm -hmm. he's gonna go up against another guy here edward julian who started the week on my cut list i was ready to to move on because he was in the minors 
The Jorge Polanco situation flares up again. He heads back to the IL. Julian comes right back and now becomes a hot ticket for folks. Uh, and maybe he can help my offense. Not that we're only talking about my team here. But what do you think about Edward Julian? He's had, uh, is it two spell? This is his second spell up to the majors. Gets on base. We talked about him, how we saw him at Fall League and everything, participating in the home run derby and taking walks because that's it. That's the number one thing. But he does have four homers and a steal. Are you in it all on Edward Julian? This is actually his third trip to the majors. I thought it might year. be, and I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't um, want to. I didn't trust myself. Is what I'm saying. The, yeah, he went down for a little bit at the end of May, and then uh, uh, the the injury allowed him to come back up. So uh, yeah, I mean, they had him lead off both of that, his first two games. Which that was my is, next point. Was like they send this guy down, but whenever he plays with them, he's a leadoff guy. It's like, mm -hmm. where's I know you get guys come back and and something has to give. Do you need to keep Donovan Solano over him? I don't think you do, but that, you know, so it's like, but anyway, he's here now. Polanco's out for for a bit. Um, you mentioned that he is leading off. I, I interrupted your point because that's the first thing I was thinking of. Was like, how do they keep sending down this leadoff hitter? But can he do enough fantasy? Give up enough fantasy juice to be fifteen, maybe twelve viable Edward Julian. I think fifteen for sure. Anybody who's leading off is well, but I think twelve probably too. Uh, I mean, the question is, how much is he going to strike out? We've seen him strike out yeah. like a 35% clip. Now he walks. He walks a ton. That is that is his like calling card is he gets on base. Uh, and this Minnesota Twins offense, though always apparently beat up, uh, is pretty decent. So mm -hmm. he could score a lot of runs. And so if you're looking for runs scored uh, or if you're in an on-base percentually, like he should be like a top-tier pickup. I don't know that he's got a ton of power necessarily that's going to get unlocked because he's so overly patient. I think he's going to miss some opportunities uh, because he doesn't swing the bat enough. But um, I do think that there is some viability depending on what you're exactly what you're looking for, for your team. So I think it's, you, if you don't you run, it's like, yeah, don't, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You bring up the K's, and it's fair because the K rate is high. But I wonder if that 14% swinging strike rate might be making us worry about them a little bit more than we should. He's never swung and missed like that in the minors. His highest at any stop is 9% in 2021. And if you look at it, he had a 22% that first trip up to the majors for Edward Julian. And he's been at 10% over these last two. Do you think, does that give you a little bit more comfort about these strikeouts with Edward Julian that he is improving that swinging strike rate and getting it back toward his minor league levels? Uh, not necessarily because uh, Julian's issues aren't because he swings and misses. They're because he's too patient and he lets he gets guys in the counts. Yeah, he lets guys attack him in the zone That's uh, true. more than he should. So um, I think he could still have a higher than we would expect strikeout rate based on. Uh, the fact that he's going to see a lot of, or he's going to get a lot of caught, you know, um, strike or caught looking strikes. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, you'd almost rather see him become a little bit more aggressive, uh, and, you know, swing a little bit more. Uh, he's he's a hard guy to project. He's just because he there aren't very many players like him. Um, but there's one guy that is a little bit like him that has turned out to be kind of a nothing prospect into a you know a really good fantasy player uh when healthy and that's max muncie so um i could see yeah. him taking a max muncie route because i think he does have max muncie-ish power if he does swing enough inside the zone um and just starts attacking mm -hmm. 
I mean, yeah. that'd be great. I would, I would obviously love to see that from Julian. Like I said, four homers, uh, five in the minors too. So you're looking at an over 200 ISO this year from Julian. If we can get yeah. some pop, that's a quality team, some runs. I'm excited about what Julian could do there with the uh, with the Twins. What about Tommy Pham finding a little rebirth here, playing a bunch? Wasn't a hot ticket. I mean, he's 35. We've kind of seen... Uh, some some down seasons from him recently, but down seasons that still have fantasy heat because of the power and speed. Six homers, six steals, 246 average for Pham this year with a 122 WRC+. plus. He's good again. Are you picking Tommy Pham up? Yeah, I picked him up. Uh, strikeout rate down to 23.5%, uh, which is what I want to see. We know he's got power. He's got speed. I mean, it really comes down to whether the Mets still play him or not. Um, and that mm-hmm. is kind of a question because we just – I don't really understand what the Mets are doing. Um, <laughs> I don't think they do. Uh, they they seem to be like committed to letting Mark Canha play. And I know Canha had like a, a pretty good week or, or a couple weeks um, where he was kind of hot. But ultimately, I think Fam is just a much better player overall. So uh, I'd like to see them give him full run. If they do, um, then yeah, I think he could be like a really, really kind of post hype kind of fantasy guy. But yep. Uh, it all comes down to playing time and health. I mean, health uh, too, fam, of course. Fam, yeah, fam struggles to stay healthy at times. So I don't know if maybe kind of the inconsistent playing time is a way of trying to keep him healthy, uh, which it could be. Could and be. In that in that regards, you go, okay, I understand it. But yeah, as long as he's on the field, especially in like your daily you know lineups formats where you like you can kind of get him in and out when he's playing when he's not. Like Definitely. I think he has a lot of value. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree there with regards to Fam. Seems like he's going to sit against some righties, but maybe Alonzo's absence helps that along with the fact that he's been playing better of late. I definitely think Fam has viability. I could even see some 12 team um, if you can afford to kind of be okay with the light volume right now because, again, six homer, six steals. He's contributing in those key categories, but make sure you don't get too comfortable with him in a 12 if, if the can- playing time isn't there because you will fall behind on the runs and ribbies. Probably another reason why this guy is more available than he should be, but I do think Luke Rayleigh's playing time is starting to rise in uh, in Tampa Bay, and maybe he needs to be more rostered than he is. Not not available much in deeper formats. This is definitely one of those uh, shallower format guys who's starting to get picked up more and more. Are you on the Luke Rayleigh train? Dude has 11 homers and 7 steals. Ah. Uh... I mean, I guess I don't know. Thirty-three percent at Yahoo. That seems light for eleven and seven. I mean, he's always going to kind of platoon. A, you know, he's not going to hit against lefties. Um, <clears throat> he strikes out at a thirty percent rate. Like, I just when are they going to call up Kyle Manzardo? Like, it just I don't, why would this... you if Rayleigh's doing this? Though? Wait, 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 wait. You can't ask him to replace a dude with a 159 WRC+. plus. I mean, I right? can. I mean, you can, but I think you'd be out of pocket here. I think we got ourselves another Brent Rooker with some s- freaking speed, dude. Like, <laughs> I-, I-, I bypassed this guy 52 times, you know, over the course of the early weeks when he was doing stuff because I'm like, ah, whatever. But then I looked up and I'm like, damn, 11 and 7. Maybe I should, you know, we talk about blindly trusting teams and the Rays are definitely in that group. And yet we don't do it with players, with their hitters. We do it with their pitchers, but we don't do it with their hitters, even though they constantly succeed with these randos. Um, No offense, Luke Rayleigh, but you're you're a relative rando. And here he is just dominating. 
I think like the opposite handed Rooker is like the perfect kind of comp where it's like, yeah, he's hot right now, ride it right now. But like, he's, you know, he's running with like a 320 BABIP against right handed pitching sure. and a 459 BABIP in the month of June. Like, it like is all going to come. That, no, that's yeah. sustainable. That's it's very all going to come crashing down. So like, yeah, you just like with Rooker, you write it for right now, and and maybe you even try to sell it here in a week or so. Especially um, Rayleigh, because that yeah. speed. I think you could tantalize somebody mm-hmm. into into a trade there if they just believe like, okay, he's going to be great when he plays. I'll I'll worry about the volume piece. Like for example, in the NFBC this week, you're not playing him on the weekend. It's two lefties and a righty. Weathers, Snell, and Musgrove. Um, but then that's the only series with more than one righty for the next two weeks. He gets four at Oakland this week with Hogan Harris as the mm-hmm. only lefty. Uh, two against Baltimore and four against KC all at home next week with only Daniel Lynch slated right now, not even a guarantee. So I'm riding I'm riding Rayleigh in the short term in 12s too. I think I would go for it in Yeah, 12s. sure. I, I have no problem with that. I, for me, like the moment that like final game of that Oakland series or starts, like I am like setting out trade offers. I'm just like, yeah, like especially trying if he pops to see, off. yeah. And trying to see if I can move him for anything. Um, because I, I do think this is going to come crashing back down to earth. I, like I said, he's not going to play against lefties. Uh, so you kind of just gotta, you know what you I know. try in like a, in like a 12, maybe even a 15, it can get done. I don't know. It depends. depends how the person that has this guy feels about him. But if if you see some more Luke Rayleigh juice in Oakland, and you need some pitching, I would try to buy Reed Detmers with him. Sure. Because I'm not worried about Reed Detmers really at all, and he has a 4.79 ERA, 151 WHIP, that might make some folks uneasy. I'm not. So I, I would I wonder if you can get a deal like that done. That might be shooting too high. But if somebody's a little bit disgusted with with Detmers, and again I I get 15 team brain too much in 12 team. Detmers might not even be being started all the time because mm-hmm. whether you believe in him or not, he is putting up rough numbers right now. So I think people are probably at least you might be able to find Ray Detmers on waiver wire. He got dropped yeah. in one of my OCs a couple weeks ago. I tried to get him and I couldn't. See, I, I I wouldn't cut him, but you might find him on some some wires. He's only twenty nine percent rostered at Yahoo, so never mind. He's super available. Yeah. But I yeah. would I would trade for him though. In that situation, if he hap- if I happen to be in one of the leagues of the twenty nine percent, let's I'd be honest, do Rayleigh for Detmers. In the leagues where uh, I mean, what you can look it up right now since it's got the Yahoo open. Like, what is Rayleigh even rostered in Yahoo? Like, probably, probably similar. Less. It's got to be less than twenty thirty three. No, oh, okay, thirty three, so. even more than so, Detmers. Like, yeah. I so if you're in one of the leagues where both are rostered, I, I think you can make a trade there. Yeah. And I I think Detmers has more staying power rest of the season, which we shouldn't even be focused so much on. I, I'm totally in. I love that the community, fantasy community at large, is getting in on this pushback against rest of season stuff. Because why do we think that far? Especially with somebody like Luke Rayleigh, right? Like, you're not thinking that far ahead with most of the guys you pick up. So we got to move away from those questions. Who do you want in the here and now? We don't know who develops into a rest of season type of guy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's more of a thing for trades, right? If you're trading for a star, you can do rest of season. But for pickups... Yeah. Eh, you're not usually thinking that far out. Were you in on anything with uh, in the wake of the Jordan Alvarez injury? Yiner Diaz, Corey Jolks, Mauricio Dubon. Anybody there for you? I want to talk about fun. all three of them. It was funny because I was uh, I was listening to the Rotowire podcast last night with uh, with uh, Scott Jensen and uh, Jeff Erickson. Um, Never heard and 
And yeah, <laughs> you weren't you weren't in that chat either. Definitely, right? was, definitely was not in that chat not. talking. Not not like yelling at at Scott for being a Stanford fan and you're a nope. UT fan. Hook 'em um, horns, tough game last night. We got him tonight. Yeah, was not doing yeah. that. You're right. I was not in there. So, but uh, they 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 talked about this uh, a little bit, and uh, as soon as they mentioned Corey Jolks, in my head I went, God, I have like picked up and dropped that guy like five or six times this so year already times. and scott and then scott said that exact same thing so like uh and i picked him up again this week i also picked up dubon in a few leagues uh okay this week especially because in my on my teams where i've got a lot of injuries dubon plays everywhere and yeah. so like you can just put him in every different spot um they randomly you know like to move him up the lineup uh because mm-hmm. they hate uh kyle tucker um <laughs> with a mot like intensity man <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah i i was in on both of those guys uh the the backup catcher dude like not so not that oh i think you're sleeping let me put you on let me put you on you you put me on yiner diaz okay first off he's a bat first catching prospect so might as well be bat only and here's the beauty he can be that because they are running three catchers because they recognize the greatness of this bat that's why they have cesar salazar on the team as well with martin maldonado so I think he has a chance to take this DH spot and run with it a bit because the dude smashes. You should see what he did in the minors. Now, the sample sizes are light, mostly due to the fact that he's a catcher. So, you know, it kind of cuts into some of that playing time. He doesn't strike out much. He doesn't take many walks either. But if you don't strike out, I'm fine with that. Power, batting average. I mean, he's like a baby Alvarez behind the dish. And now he can get some DH first base run or not first base because they got, yeah, a, they, I guess they could flip a bra- them. A Braves already, you know, well, they flipped him. Yes. I'm saying they flip him. They, he wouldn't yeah, take yeah. a Braves playing time, but to get Bra- a Braves off his feet, which is what they did yesterday. But I think Diaz could be an absolute monster. And I think if you need power, you go Diaz. If you're looking for the kind of empty ish batting average, you go Dubon. And if you just, you, you're shooting for the moon, you need everything. You go jokes. That, that's how I break it down with those three. Uh yeah, that's uh that's okay. Um, I don't necessarily have an issue with that. Uh, here's something I will say. I think this is a really interesting time to watch the Houston lineup because they've yep. got three lefties this week. Um, and we can Diaz see like go off. Yeah, we can see like if if Diaz is playing only against lefties or mostly against lefties. Um, then he's not as interesting because they're going. I agree to with that. Where he doesn't have doesn't get very many lefties in the lineup. Um, but if he is playing versus both, like you know, if he they got I think six games this week. If he starts, you know, five games, then I'm really really interested because then he's a guy you could put at your C two as your catcher and that's he racks up in a uh, a lot of plate appearances. So yep. maybe that was a sneaky pickup that I kind of overlooked because I probably could have you know replaced my C two in a couple. Who weeks. is who is your C two currently? And in, in, in mains in my main, I think it's Fort Nick Fortes. So probably that's should've. exactly who I cut. Yeah. That's exactly who I cut, and I liked Fortes. But again, you know, and I, I mentioned this. This is where the uh, the Greg mention would have come if we didn't talk about the leaders in the main event. But I was talking to him about it, and I was like, because I'm blacked out at Houston games, I listen to a lot on the radio, like when I'm doing yard work and stuff. And this is just like an anecdote. It's not a reason to pick somebody up. But the tel- the broadcast goes bananas for Diaz. They think he is a legit badass hitter. That's where I got the uh, the baby Alvarez comp. They, they they called him that, basically saying that he's that kind of complete hitter. And if he can he, if he can just get some runway, 
we might be able to see him shine in this run. This was weeks ago, too, when he was still playing very spottily. And now that he has a little runway, I'm intrigued. And I spent very little to get him. Um, so I'm excited to see what Diaz can do. I went nine unopposed. I could have gone even cheaper, but I thought he might have some heat in the market. But I was wrong. But anyway, let's go on to the pitchers. And let's start with Andrew Abbott. Now, I think that for the first time, I think maybe the first with these prospects, they actually one of them actually did not go crazy and push these prices through the roof. And at some point, prices have to come down a bit because, yeah. oh, you know what? Actually, I, I thought my league was more indicative of the, of the broader spectrum. No, actually, he still went really high. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm, I missed. I missed the the boat there. I didn't look at the full list because he went 87 in my league, and I thought the the it was more in like the sub 200s. And there were still plenty of 200 pluses and a lot of mid 100s. Um, the 89 or the 87 in my league was actually the seventh lowest. So anyway, Abbott. We saw the walk issues. We saw the lack of swinging strikes in his first two starts. Where did that put you on Andrew Abbott this weekend uh, for bids? I put a whole $3 on him. Damn, um, you, you really went crazy with it. I mean, for me, it was just one of those weeks where, like, there was one real prize in Ellie De La Cruz yeah. and then a bunch of what I like to think of as booby prizes. Um, and <laughs> There's so, some gems there. You can get some low-dollar yeah, gems. I'm just don't yeah. overpay for them. Uh, yeah, I just wasn't going to spend even double digits on on virtually anybody else this week. So, uh, and Abbott, you know, chief among them. If I was going to spend more on a guy, it was going to be the the next. Well, not the next. Well, guy not the next guy, about. but the guy after that. Yeah, <laughs> the next guy we're going to seriously talk about. Um, so, uh, I have some real concerns about Abbott's command and pitching yep. in Cincinnati. Um, Me too. And, I just think that, you know, I made the kind of the comp of his teammates when we last talked about like he could be very Hunter Greenish, Nick Glidolo ish, which means like, hey, there's some really, really good starts and they are sandwiched in between some really, really awful ones because yep. he leaves stuff in the zone and that is a park you cannot leave stuff in the zone in. Uh, so I'm, I, I was not overly enthused. I actually got offered Abbott in a league. Um, uh, by our good friend Ian Kahn, um, and uh, and promptly turned down that offer and made a different deal. So uh, I may end up regretting that deal, but uh, actually, so far it's turning out really well because Vinny P just went on the IL, and that's who I traded away. So um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I I, I I took uh, I took uh, Pablo Lopez uh, for Vinny P as opposed to uh, Abbott for for Vinny P, and I feel a lot better about that. Yeah, and like. You know, with, with, with Abbott, uh, again, I think people had to be influenced at least a little bit by the fact that he didn't go crazy the way so many of these other guys did. But, again, the bids were still pretty high, so there were still his believers out there. I liked the 87 that the guy in my league paid, the guy who got Ellie weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. he, he needs pitching more. I think 87 is a fair gamble if you need pitching. Uh, that doesn't cripple you if you cut Abbott even in, like, two weeks. Right, you, you'd be bummed. Eighty-seven bucks is still a decent bit, but you're not. You're not. Uh, that's not a back-breaking move, even if you have to cut him quickly. Yeah, it's just already so many walks so early. So, like on top of the command being something we're a little sketchy with, the control has been really bad so far. Exactly. Well, you could have just gotten the other Abbott because Abbott went twice in my league. <laughs> Corey Abbott uh. went 
way more often than he should. Corey Abbott was picked up a lot, folks. He went for $166 in my league. Damn near 2x what the actual guy went for. If you don't know, Corey Abbott is a guy who I think is still on the Nats. He's just a, you know, a guy uh, who is like an okay-ish type pitcher. He got called back up from the minors on Wednesday, which is, makes this... Oh, that makes it so much crazier. <laughs> someone, I, someone on, I think it was Vlad on Twitter as well. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Corey Abbott looking up his mentions on Twitter today. <laughs> probably just like, what the hell is going on? Oh, why am I getting roasted right now? <laughs> yeah, why, why are people crap talking me like crazy, dude? Um, so, oh, I think you pointed this out, that it was a lot of the same guy, right? Yeah. Based it, on the it, naming convention? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, it, yeah, it was. Um, and unfortunately for him, he's uh, in a lot of high priced leagues, too. Um, but he, he, I think he was picked up around 35, 40 times. And oh. I think the same guy picked him up like 20 or like 15 or 20 of those times. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I know that this is the guy I sat <clears throat> next to. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is a good, this is a sharp mm-hmm. dude. He just made an error. Huge, huge mistake. He just, um, ma- yeah, because, I mean, he's, yeah, this guy's on his shit. I sat next to him, Scott Wagner. Sorry, I'm putting him out there. But to, to gas him up, he was a really nice guy. I thought he drafted really well. He has a good team. This obviously stings. Uh, he was clearly committed to getting Abbott. It was the wrong one. The toughest part is he would have gotten a lot of Andrew Abbott including, of course, in my league. As I said, Mm -hmm. he blew out the bid there. That's the really tough part is he would have come home with a lot of Abbott's um, if he had gotten the right guy. So, I mean, we've seen this with like Logan Allen, Logan Allen. I know in football, the Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson thing has happened. Never just the same last name like this. So that's kind of tough on Corey Abbott. Yeah, and I mean, as a person who picked up Nick Allen instead of Logan Allen, I definitely... There you go. um, uh, I I I forgot. I also made a fab mistake this week. What'd you um, do? So I uh, I put in a $137 bid on Tristan McKenzie, um, even though, because he was available in one of my leagues, mm-hmm. uh, even though uh, I didn't really need pitching. And so my backup bid, uh, or, or one of my, or my, my, my backup bid was, um, oh God, who, uh, Will Benson, because I, what okay. I really needed was offense, but I, I was going to take McKenzie if I could get him for that price. Uh, and apparently, I just left $137. So I got Will Benson for $137 in that league. Oh, no. Um, which was quite... And like I said, I just come back from camping. I was really tired. I was doing the bare amount possible. And um, and, it burned, and, yeah. and clearly, the bare amount possible didn't meant not double-checking my MEQ bidding. So... Um, Let's really go, tough. Will Benson. Go, Will Benson. He did hit a walk off. He could pop yeah. off for you. Might not earn that much money. But you did mention that if you were going to go higher on somebody, you might have been you might have been more inclined to go for this guy, AJ Smith Shaver, out in Atlanta, who we did talk about um, last week because he was a deeper league pickup. But now we've seen a start. Actually, kind of got some similar Abbott esque results. Uh, I think that did kind of keep prices down, too. He, I don't think he was terribly expensive, although let me check my work because I was wrong about Abbott. But no, he was um, pretty good. Yeah, there were there, there were two over 200 
Um, the rest were 144 or lower and a lot of double-digit bids for AJ smith Shaver in the main event. What do you think of Shaver? What do you see in here? And uh, why would you prefer him over Abbott? I just won. The team is better. The part context is better. Definitely. Um, the command and control is better, too. Um, and, uh, you know, he's 20 years old, so, like, obviously we're going to – there's going to be bumps. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's very, very unproven, even in the minor leagues. But um, – I really trust the Braves and kind of what they do. And I do like the, the stuff overall. I don't think he has necessarily um, like there were some comps to Strider, which I feel like are, are completely unfair. Strider has like two legit elite pitches uh, and, and Shaver does not have two elite pitches, but what he does have is, you know, three or four, pretty good pitches and really good command, which is something I want to, you know, I prefer to see over a guy like Abbott who just, you know, has got good stuff, but he can misplace it quite a bit. And in that park, yeah. you're going to get, you're going to pay for that. So that's uh, the yeah, tough part. I, I preferred Shaver. I didn't end up with him either. Cause like I said, I wasn't spending very much on, on anybody this week after, you know, blowing through a lot of my fab and knowing that other people were going to be blowing a lot of their fab mm -hmm. this week, I was content to kind of do some backup bids and be okay that I didn't get them. The Abbott and Shaw Smith Shaver bids in my league were remarkably efficient. I mentioned the 87-85 on Abbott. 58-58. Take it to tiebreaker for uh, AJ Smith Shaver. How much better do you feel about a bid when it's efficient like that? Does it matter? Oh, I know. I feel really, really good about it. Um, Does it matter do it. more at the high level, like that 500, 500 that I talked about with Ellie, uh, you know, five something five, like, so not only did you go crazy, but you went 592 and then somebody went 587. Does that make you feel like a lot better on the bigger <laughs> bids or do you like it more on the smaller bids? Because two people thinking the same thing on a low tier guy is kind of intriguing too. Which one makes you feel better about your, your win? I mean, I think it's, I think it's got to feel better on the bigger bid because I don't know if there's like, yeah. like it's a really bad feeling when you make a huge bid and then the next bid was like seventy five bucks. That's like you, that's you, what you I'm go saying. Three eighty and the next bid seventy something. You're like, oh, okay, now I've got to rationalize why spending exactly. that huge amount. Um, so I think yeah, definitely on the bigger bids. Um, but there is, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it is super frustrating too when like you get like the, like you miss out on the guy you really wanted because you just didn't go that extra few bucks like that burns like oh, yes like, you spent i mean on the big bids i get it but those um, hurt more on the lower end it's like the 50 dollar bid where yeah where you go oh i went 52 dollars and somebody went 54 dollars and, and i love like, the guy you know but, oh, but you, you i should have just gone i, I would have paid more 60 yeah. you know mm -hmm. you're, you're even thinking like i would have paid this much but i was trying to discipline myself and it was that close i see a lot of efficient bids with ellie though so i think the people that ponied up can feel pretty good there's a few that are outsized but a lot of people you know right there with the second bid. So, you know, in the end, you spent the money, it doesn't matter, but it does feel good to kind of be like, okay, I had to get spend that much. It's like when you leave that extra on the table in a blind bidding process, it can really feel like you made a huge error, even if you didn't, right? Like Ellie might pan out for the guy who paid 650 to the 352 backup bid, but it does feel like, oh my God, I left 300 bucks on the table. Mm -hmm. Did I make a huge mistake? Uh, Kyle Hendricks is back in the mix. He had a huge outing this weekend. Went up as high as 104, 92, but then 54, and then 28 and below everywhere else where he was available. Were you looking at Kyle Hendricks at all uh, after a big outing for him? I'm not falling for that again. 
I just, just not like I I didn't get to watch him almost throw a no hitter versus uh, my uh, Giants because I I was camping. I listened to it um, uh, on the radio because we baseball while camping that sounds baseball on the radio while camping sounds pretty dope. Yeah, that that was pretty nice. Um, so I'm just kind of I'm mostly box score scouting. I mean, it's nice to see the velocity is kind of back up to 87. So that's yeah. like a good thing. But we're also talking about it being back up to 87. 87. And my Giants are just not hitting well. Like I just don't I don't I don't buy this yet. Maybe if he goes out and throws another, you know, really good start, I'll be in and and maybe I do need to go back and rewatch it because for for Hendricks, it's all about command like mm-hmm. is he able to get those strike calls on the corners that have made him so elite uh and get away with you know having the reduced velocity or not reduced velocity for him but just poor velocity for him yeah so, and um is it too low like has he reached the tipping point where he just can't be successful at such a low velocity i will say the nine man talking about efficient bids nine nine went to tiebreaker again i got no problem with that in in my main event i I'm not he even went, a Kyle Hendricks guy. He went for guy. 92 with a backup bid of five in mind. You were the 92? Okay, yeah. that's yeah. Man, you got some spenders. You're at the high end consistently. Um, but maybe – oh, that was – It was Kaepernick. really – Yeah, it he was He just really wanted Gavin guys. Stone. He wanted Gavin Stone the hell off his team. I don't yeah. blame him. Yeah, you know, it was really – like there were four guys that went for more than 41 bucks in my in my league. It was just those four guys, you know, people wanted to get their guys, and they, they got them, so – you know what always fascinates me is looking at the ads and cuts there. When a guy, uh, when when the same guy is cut for multiple teams that aren't rostered by the same person, right? Like when mm-hmm. you can tell, like sometimes you can tell when they have the same naming convention, and maybe they are, but when it's clearly different names, I'm like, oh yeah, that's just wild that two people cut Mike Myers, two people cut Adrian Hauser. I don't know. I just find stupid things fascinating. Anyway, moving on, let's talk some catchers. We did talk Yiner Diaz, but he he fit with Houston here. So let's get back on the catcher talk real quick because Gary Sanchez is kind of being a thing right now. And we talk we play mostly two catcher leagues, so we're always looking at whoever's going crazy. But I wonder if Gary Sanchez is playing himself into one catcher viability, currently raking, batting fourth and fifth in the San Diego lineup. Where are you at on Gary Sanchez? Yeah, like I said last week, I was in on him. I mean <laughs> Uh, we know he's got power, uh, and there is opportunity in San Diego because the rest of the catchers suck. Um, so, like, he could play pretty regularly behind the dish. And I, I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but I think someone brought it up a while ago on Gary Sanchez when he was, like, toiling around the Giants organization. Um, you know, he has another advantage to him that a lot of other catchers don't have that really play well with the new rules, which is in a rocket arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and with people stealing left and right, like maybe that is enough for him to stay behind that plate and play really regularly because they're trying to control the runners it's a great in call. San Diego. So uh, I can't remember who it might have been. Jason said it. Someone said it on a podcast with me. So that, that's a good call because he kind of got stuck in the wrong era of mm-hmm. pitch framing, taking away from Gary Sanchez's profile because he wasn't very good at that. Now 
we're seeing so much stealing and his big arm can help him play. And yeah, he's just crushing the ball with them already five bombs, 155 WRC plus. Like you said, we did um, talk about him recently. I can't remember. Was it last week? It was. I think it was last week. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, he's been, he's been killing it, uh, but now he's putting himself into shallow league and one catcher viability. And I think I'm on board with it. I picked him up in a bunch of DCs uh, when he was slightly rumored to Colorado, like when we were mm-hmm. thinking, oh, maybe he could go there. So I'm I'm reaping the rewards for that. But uh, I like seeing him pop off. It's fun when when Gary Sanchez is killing it. I, I like Gary Sanchez. Yeah, he, I mean, um, he's a fun player. Like I I got yeah, him on a bunch of DCs. He's just good. I I thought he was going to end up in Boston. Like that's where like, that would have been fun too. Yeah. yeah, just blasting off of the uh, the Green Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wouldn't have gotten Diaz. I, I had this guy ticketed as a pickup. Danny Jansen is about to start a rehab. Actually, maybe already has, but uh, they showed him on the broadcast, running the bases, getting ready. Everything's getting on track for Danny Jansen. Are you on the Dan Jan train? I am. I mean, I've got him. Uh, I've got him rostered in a couple leagues, just sitting on my bench, uh, waiting for him to come back. So he did have uh, a rehab and- game and crushed uh, three yeah. for five off rip already. So yeah, Dan Jan looking pretty good. Um, What's the PT you know, going to be like? That's the question is, you know, how long are they going to keep, uh, you know, letting Kirk kind of be the main guy? How long does Brandon Belt stay healthy? Brandon Belt kind of like tweaked a hamstring over the weekend. So he, you know, if 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 Wait. Belt hits the IL like he normally does, then when Jansen comes back, like he could have full-time playing time as their DH. So yeah, um, they could, well, they could put Kirk at DH or yeah, or, Dan or, Jan or back behind the dish and keep mm-hmm. Tyler Heineman. Um, if belt had to go to the IL or something. So that's really the question is the playing time situation, but Kirk also isn't crushing. So he's no. not establishing himself as somebody that has to play every single day. So I think Dan Jan's a pickup. I can get him as, as deep as I think, or shallow as like, Maybe a 12-team, one catcher I might be interested. Yeah. Um, although it's hard to pick him up before he comes back. But he actually has two rehab games, Saturday and Sunday. He hit a homer and then went three for five. So he's hit the ground running. We'll see if he brings that to the majors with him or not. Um, and then the last guy, I should have actually put the catch this guy and then the catchers. I forgot to move him. But Brian Wu, we're shifting back to pitcher real quick. Talked about him as a deep league pickup last week. He was a bit better this time out. I mean, probably couldn't, couldn't be worse, be worse yeah. with the way things went for his opener uh six runs and in two innings but he went four and two thirds two runs seven strikeouts and a walk did that move the needle for you with a trip to the angels there uh doing that that was really <laughs> really strong at the angels and now Wu gets to face the white Sox this weekend are you interested in brian Wu in shower formats at all yeah not really i mean okay. he wasn't available in any of the leagues where i was i would have thought about him which would have been 15 team mixed. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think there's going to be so much volatility with Wu. I think he's still really, really raw. I honestly, I th- if it wasn't for the injuries that Seattle's had, I don't think he'd be up. I think he'd be I mean, still. He skipped double A. Um, yeah. Or, I mean, skipped triple A. He's in double A. But man, he, he did really well there. Um, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of innings either. So that's something to consider. Like pro innings are light for him. He's only, he got drafted in 2021 
only pitched it looks like about 50 60 innings in 2022 and then 44 so far this year so they might have to rein him in from that perspective but he's also 23 so that's why skipping triple a i don't think is as bad as far as i'm concerned i don't know i think he's kind of intriguing uh for the white Sox start this week i would i would stream woo as as shallow as 12s at least it was a, the Angels ran out a pretty ugly lineup. I mean, Trout okay. was was in there, but they let off with Mickey Moniak. Uh, Stud. You know, Rendon was hitting fourth. Uh, like so, like you know, Urshela and Nato were were. I mean, it's just it's elite players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm tra- refuting people every keep point ask, making. People keep asking me if Mike Trout is broken because he he struck out three times uh, and has been striking out quite a bit. I, I think he'll be fine. Like it's, it's just, been rough, but what are you gonna do? Yeah, like that's the thing. Like, I understand it can be compelling to talk about one of the best players in the universe and and what's wrong with them, but from a fantasy perspective, you're not going to do a damn thing about it. So it is kind of a wasted. Yeah, because you're not trading Mike Trout, right? And you're not and you're not benching him. No, sure shit, not cutting him. So it's like because he even at his bad is a 127 WRC plus with 14 homers. So yeah, you know you just got to ride it out. Exactly, you just just got to ride it out. It sucks. He has been really rough, I think, since the beginning of May. But the and I, I don't I don't mean to talk down or, or be nasty to people who ask about it or anything. I'm just saying like it's hard to do too much on it because there's nothing actionable. It's better to like spend time talking about guys you might pick up to help supplement what Trout is doing because we know we're just gonna ride it out with Trout. So let's yeah. get into the closer corner because a lot of stuff's happening right now. Ryan Helsley goes to the IL today. Are you going to go get Gallegos or are you going to try to spike somebody else because he's been so volatile himself? What are you doing with the Helsley injury? I mean, everybody's been volatile, right? So, like, it's true. Like, I mean, I, I, at least on the Cardinals. So, or do you I'm, think that Gallegos is, is going to be the, the primary guy there? That'd be my guess. Like, I, Mine too. He's, he's the pr- proven track record guy. He's got really good stuff. Yeah, he. He does have volatility issues at times, but everybody does on on that team at this point. I mean, they've got like one of the worst records in the National League. It's, uh, it's stunning, mind boggling, stunning how awful they are. I know we say this every week. Like they're still only eight games out. I like, was just about to say that, dude. Like just they, because I don't want it to be thrown back in our faces that oh, you talk shit about them, you buried them. The funny thing is, as shitty no, as they I've played, been saying I don't think along, they're like, out. I've been saying all along, if you if you want a long shot bet, it's the Cardinals to win the division. Like, I completely agree. I co- the they Brewers have too much who were talent. in first just got swept by the A's. By the A's, and, bro. And the, and the Pirates lost a series to the A's. Like yeah, yeah. G- give me the Reds. Um, g- give me the Reds to sneak up, or or the Cardinals yeah. to just come all the way back. The the Goliath comes back from the bottom. But uh, yeah, as much as we clown them. I still respect their talent, and I do think Gallegos will be the guy. I mean, you're still talking about a 17% swing strike rate, 19% strikeout minus walk. The L- the ERA is elevated because of a 1-4 homer 9, and that's a problem. It has cost them some games, too. But I think he's the automatic guy, and he's the number one guy we're going to talk about here. we got five five guys to discuss, or five situations at least. So um, definitely go get him. Are you worried about Helsley? to a degree that you would cut him at all. It's a forearm strain slated for a couple of weeks right now. Nothing definitive on the timetable. I feel like you have to hold, but what do you think on Helsley before we go to the next situation? Yeah, I, I think you got to hold for, for just right too now. good when he pitches, right? Yeah. I just, I, and, and I just, it's not like, I mean, starting pitching has been rough this year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've lost so many guys 
but there's always somebody available, right? Yeah. Um, and like, and there have been guys that you've picked up off of the waiver wire that are now top 30, top 40 starting pitchers, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's just not going to happen. At, like, you're not going to find a top five to 10 closer off the waiver wire. Like, I just, it's just, it just doesn't happen. Like, you know, you'll you find get... guys who are usable as closers and will yeah. get you saves, but you're not going to find an elite guy like Ryan Helsley. And well, you so, have to get like, lucky. Like, yeah. it, it has to come from somebody being like a season-ending injury on a good team, and then the guy emerges. But this this yeah. trading guys in and out thing, you're unlikely to land on somebody that Absolutely. good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so if Helsley's fine, then this is temporary for you the get, guy that goes. you got to hold him for at least a week or two and yeah. wait and see. Like, you know, we should have more information. You know? Until they come out with something more definitive on the timetable, you got to hold Helsley. Yeah. Uh, Liam Hendricks, you know, obviously you're super excited about him coming back and everything, but it's been a bit bumpy, and now he's hitting the IL with a flexor strain um, or, or the sy- symptoms similar to the flexor strain that he had last year. How do we feel here? Obviously, they're going to be careful with him. I mean, I don't know how much – the cancer relates to everything else now, though. Actually, I don't want to speculate that they have to be extra careful with him because I don't know. Maybe it's all baseball now, and then once he's past the cancer, it, it, it doesn't impact things, but I don't know. Bottom line is, he's back on the IL. We're back dipping into this White Sox bullpen, which, hey, they don't win for shit anyway, but there could be some <laughs> saves to be had. Who are you going for there? Is it Kendall Graveman? Is it back on the Raylo train? Is it Joe Kelly? Is it Bobby Thigpen? What are you doing? I think it's Kendall Graveman. Um, at least for now, I think if Graveman's already rostered in your league, which he was rostered in a lot of, I know, main event leagues, mm-hmm. I think Joe Kelly's the guy that like, I don't trust Relo at all. I don't either. And that's, and that's me saying that I'm, yeah. I've moved on. You know, I mean, I have never really been a Relo guy. I continue to not be a Relo guy. Um, I think Kelly would be the one in deeper leagues that I would be speculating on in case Graveman turns back into a pumpkin, which we've seen happen uh, before. So, uh, but I think Graveman is the guy for right now. Um, and he just has to pit, continue to pitch well. He has pitched well, you know, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think Graveman, dude, and then Kelly is the backup. Yep, I, I play that the same way. The 1.9 homer rate of of uh, Graveman, or excuse me, of uh, Raylo, you just can't trust it. And I know that the last outing, which was yesterday, in fact, Graveman did have another meltdown. That's why I would look at Kelly uh, if Graveman's already rostered. So great call there, Mister Magoo, our boy Scott McGuff. Man, he was uh, he was in the picture early. Remember, he had that big spike. The, the reason you called him Mr. Magoo was we were seeing a big spike in draft champions. And I was like, dude, I, I'm going to be honest. I just don't know who this yeah, is. I didn't know was like, was, yeah. What do you mean you don't know Mr. Magoo? <laughs> it's Scott <laughs> McGuff. Uh, that Arizona situation has been fluid. Castro's wobbling a little bit. So people are getting back in on McGuff. 30% strikeout rate, 14% swinging strike rate, sub three ERA, 0.87 whip. What do you think of the 33-year-old McGuff, who's back from uh, from overseas and pitching well, he has not allowed a fly ball this month. <laughs> He's got an wow. eighty, like five, eighty six percent ground ball rate. That's crazy. Um, he keeps doing that, and he's going to be fine. The, yeah, I think I think Arizona has the best infield defense in baseball, or one of them. So I can totally um, believe that uh, this year. So yeah, I mean, I'm uh, uh, if he continues to keep the ball on the ground, yeah, go for it. But I do think this continues to be kind of a fluid situation where it switches hands over and over and over again until the Dimebacks make a move at the deadline, which I could definitely see them doing because they are totally. leading the division. So, Damn right they um, are. Isn't this uh, like a, 
a pseudo raise situation where yes, it changes hands and it's not consistent, but it is for a good team. So thus being in on it makes some sense. Unlike yeah. the next two teams we're going to talk about. And I mean, if Miguel Castro turns back into a pumpkin and Andrew Chafin turns back into just being Andrew Chafin of old, which is, you know, a guy who's a reliable reliever, but not someone you want in this in the end, Magoo could um, kind of stick as the closer. So mm-hmm. I do think it is a limited window, though, because I do think at the you know end of July, the Diamondbacks are making a move because I, I expect them to continue to be in this mix. I expect them to get relievers. If Mr. Magoo is, is crushing, though, they might only get supplemental relievers as opposed to the man. But again, that counter doesn't suggest that you should do something different with him. So I don't say that to counter you and the say, thing is, go bid $100 instead of 12 I I, I agree. Um, but I also think, I mean, here's the question. It's like they need pitching on, on both the relievers and, and the starters. Like, yep. But they also have a lot of assets. Like this is a, yeah, they like, do. They have a rich great. system. Great um, that they can pull from, and so like, like if the Padres are out of it, are, isn't Josh Hader on the market? Like you know, Padres aren't going to give up. They're only three back of five, three under five hundred. They're not. They're just not going to give up. You don't think so? All right. No, I, and I don't think they should. By the way, I think they're really good. I I would, I love the D backs. I actually had them as a playoff pick, and obviously I respect the Dodgers being great. I would still put the Padres. I'd do an NL West ticket on them if I could. Yeah, I, I I still think they have too much well, talent, but there will I, be close. I hope there. I hope you're wrong because I've got that ticket uh, from back in March or whatever. Uh, yeah, back in March of the uh, Diamondbacks win the division. So and hey, um, I want that to come through because again, I'm 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 in on the baby snakes. I'm a hundred percent with you there. You know who could be a fit for the for the D backs here? A guy that we spent trading uh, spent the offseason trading a whole bunch. Scott Barlow. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a good spot for 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 him to go I mean, if they want to get somebody? Scott Barlow or Aroldis Chapman? Or Chapman, yeah, yeah. because they do yeah, only have uh, Chafin. Or they have Kyle Nelson too, but they only have two lefties, so they could certainly use one. And then if they're putting Alec Thomas for Scott Barlow, oh, that's too much. Is it? That's I think a premier center I, fielder. I think yeah. so too, but they, I mean, they clearly don't love Alec Thomas, so. Well, I mean, he's been superseded, uh, but they do have outfield depth like crazy because, you know, they got Dom Fletcher. They got the guys that are already in the majors. They got Christian Robinson's been dealing with some stuff. But if he could ever get on track, uh, the interesting thing, though, on that trade, though, specifically with the Royals is do they really need another glove first slash glove only outfielder? Isn't he just another Kyle Isbell type? Like how many of those can you really put on the team? I think he's so. better than Kyle. I mean, I think both yeah. are really good. Yeah. Anytime you can be a true premier center fielder, you got you got juice in the league. So maybe maybe I'm over uh, overestimating Thomas, but I do think the uh, D backs are going to be in on pitching, including relief pitching. So McGuff is just a short term right now, and we'll see where it goes. The Chicago scene. We've talked about the Cubs scene regularly. I shouldn't say Chicago. We just talked about the White Sox. Now we go to the Cubs. We've been through so many guys. Fulmer, you and I were hot on. I think he has finally done. We stuck with him during that first lull. I don't think we're being rewarded there. Adbert Alzelay was a premier pickup this week um, in some deeper leagues. Are you in on Alzelay? I love the talent. If he could close, I think he could be a, a stud. You know, you talk about not finding a top 10 stud. If he keeps pitching the way he's been pitching so far this year, I know the Cubs aren't playing great, but I do think Alzelay could be a G. Are you in on him as their closer? I dropped him two weeks ago, and I'm I'm Damn. gonna regret it, but I had to because like, yeah, 
I had two, you know, premier closers or, or that's two, the closer two, spec game. Yeah, two established closers and AJ Puck coming back. Yeah, yeah. And like, no, I can't to. have four closers when I'm, you know, I really need to rehab my my ratios. I need the innings to do that. Yep. Um, so I don't give up on wins and strikeouts and stuff. So it's a bummer. I really like Owsley though. I mean, I spent fifty something bucks on him early in the year because I felt like he was going to be the guy that took over this job. Uh, because once it was clear that Fulmer was pretty much done. Um, so I do like him. I, I don't know that it's just his job though. Like, no, I, no, no. I, I definitely don't think it is right area. now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think if you're looking for the guy who's going to lead the Cubs rest away and saves, it's probably Ausley. I'd put a good spec on him. You know, Mark Leiter Jr. is putting up some banana stats. Don't get me wrong. 39% mm-hmm. K rate, 15% swinging strike. Uh, sub one whip but he throws 92 he, like he's a finesse 32 year old so it's really interesting that he's doing so well Alzale is your traditional reliever badass who could be a stud and he's really tamed the walks uh, dating back to last year only 13 innings but still um, I think he could be a monster so I, I like him quite a bit and then of course another situation that we've talked a lot about but it is not appealing at all because they never win of course it's Oakland Trevor May back in the mix with two saves this week so he's getting picked up is that your guy if you're if you're dipping into this bullpen or are you just avoiding it altogether? <laughs> yeah, just avoid. Who cares? Like I, I agree. I think just avoid it. <laughs> I just think it's so the the upside is so capped by Oakland's inability to win games, even though they yep. did just sweep the Brewers and take a sure. series from the Pirates. But you already missed that. That's why he got yeah. two this week, right? Like you already yeah. missed that. They're probably not going to do it again. Yeah, uh, and I like Trevor May like as a Me person. Too. Like he's he seems like a really good dude, and um and I wish him the best, but I I just trust nothing in Oakland right now. Like That's outside of it. JP Sears and Esra Ruiz, like, uh, and I guess maybe like Seth Brown and. I, I mean, there's just that's not really much. it. Loriano's not doing yeah. it. I, I know you might have thought about him, but he's just not really putting. No, up no, no. I, you remember I had his, I had Loriano like not as that's like right. A top you, you, 75 outfielder coming in. And hey, like I was, he's not doing a whole lot. He's hitting 227, five homers, seven steals, a little something there, but with that batting average, yeah, they got like a few guys, but not much in the bullpen. And the bullpen is why they're so, 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 so terrible. They're actually getting a few decent things with their rotation lately, mm-hmm. but. It can only take you so far when you blow every damn lead you get, and you barely get any leads to begin with. So, yeah, um, that's going to wrap it up there. Closer corner getting a little bit more active. Of course, it'll get upended in July once trades start too. So, keep your some of your powder dry there. If you're in a fab league and you are trying to spec for saves, that might be the best time. And just keep spending nickels and dimes on these guys, hoping to get lucky because nothing big has really popped in the closers market yet. So, yeah. Anyway, Justin, I hope you have a great week. We'll be back talking on uh, Friday. Oh, actually, we'll be back on Thursday oh. for our special episode. That's right. Uh, special guest episode. So uh, I'm not say who it is. Nope. Uh, we'll, we'll have, you'll get to hear it on Thursday. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. Um, a few so. days away. So we'll have two more episodes this week. So uh, tune, tune in for that. And I will talk to you then. Take it easy.